name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. How are you today? Me or, or them? You. I'm good. I only talk to people that can respond back to me. I know, but you were just shaking your head at me. I know. I know, and I'm not going to say why, because it wouldn't be fruitful for the discussion. Really? No, it wouldn't. Okay. Um, first things first, we're going to talk about many things, but the biggest thing is this uh, Huffington Post blog lady, Allison Tate. Okay. She wrote a blog called The Mom Stays in the Picture, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then we're going to talk about posting uh, pictures of your kids on Facebook. Okay. Kind of a continuation of last week's discussion about public humiliation. Okay. Um, not necessarily because posting your pictures of your kids it's public humiliation we do it um but just when it goes a step too far okay uh preschool or not to preschool okay we're gonna talk about that lastly traveling with kids are we really gonna talk about all these things you're darn right <laughs> oh, you're boy. D- in the words of jerry lendegard you're darn tootin okay let's get going then because that's that's a lot first things first our partner helping hands okay. made services um they have that um special not the special it's like but a contest contest where you write a blog or not a, you write a um, enter something on your face on their face you go page. to their facebook page so first of all you have to like their facebook page helping hands and you can find it on our page zen parenting radio or just put in helping hands and you post a like a feel good story about a cancer, um, about a cancer survivor. survivor, and then they're going to choose um, somebody and give two um, free cleaning services: one to the person who posted the story, correct? Yep, and then one to somebody who, who um, they already have networked with. They network with a whole team of cancer patients who are weak and need help and need support and they go clean their house for I free i think that's so great it's a wonderful so, thing good wonderful job partner helping hands. and uh helping hands main services.com 630 first things first allison tate this lady wrote a blog can we give a summary of what the blog is all sure. about? sure and we'll post it on our page so you can read the whole thing but basically it's a blog like todd said titled the mom stays in the picture and it's about her coming to the realization or the awareness that she is not present in any pictures with her child. Like literal literal pictures. Like pictures that someone would come and snap, take a picture, maybe even videos. Right. And she comes to the awareness that the reason that she's not in these pictures is she's always like, I don't look good enough. I don't have my makeup on. Or she actually starts the blog by saying it's because she feels a little um, bigger than she usually does because she had just had a baby. Or, you know, she has post baby weight or whatever where she just doesn't feel like her full self for mm-hmm. whatever reason well so and she's- the one thing i was going to say is when i heard about it because it's been you know like there's five hundred thousand likes on this it's kind of went viral right and when i heard about it before i read about it uh, me being the very commonsensical person i am saying well why doesn't she stop complaining and just get it in her pictures but she did I know, but I thought it was, oh, I'm not in any pictures. I completely misunderstood. Uh, so you had it. to read all the way through. I had to re- well, I didn't read any of it. I just heard about heard about it on whatever, some news thing. And I'm like, well, this is silly. Just get in the pictures and then you're done. Little did I know that it was layered below that. Well, and I'd like to go layers below the meaning of why moms don't get into you pictures. You like to go layers below certain I things? I do, because I think there's the surface reason of, oh, I don't, you know, I don't look good enough. I don't have my makeup on, which in itself is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because aren't we taking pictures of what we're doing every day? Mm-hmm. And haven't we already had the experience where we look back at a time where we're like, oh, I looked awful then, or I just you know felt awful that day. And we look amazing mm-hmm. because we were 25, mm-hmm. 30, 35, but we look back and go, oh my gosh, I looked great. Right. You know, or that I, I'm fine with how I look. So like maybe in 30 years, if you get a picture taken of you when you still have baby weight, you'll probably look back at yourself and say, look how great I look. Well, and not only that, but here's the deeper thing. That is the truth in that moment. We all, after we have a child... 
are not exactly the way we were before we had a child. Mm -hmm. That's part of having a child. It's part of what comes with it. Part of the deal. And we get very obsessed and absorbed with, I have to get back to the way I used to be. You will never be back to, and and I'm not talking about weight here. Mm -hmm. You will never be back to the way you used to be. You are different, and it was a choice to be different, and it's a good thing. And, you know, when I first started writing, it was about this change, this identity crisis that moms have. When they have a baby and all of a sudden everything becomes different. You don't look the same. Your body's not the same. People don't respond to you the same way. You don't have as much freedom, you know, and and how we struggle with that. And how even though we get through much of it, some of it still sticks around. And I think that shows up in this blog where we take ourselves out because of the way that we take ourselves out of the picture because of the way we look, yet we're there every moment and we're not capturing that for our children. Right. We're not showing them that we were there and that we were having fun too. And, you know, I feel like you're really good at taking pictures in our house. You, you, you don't mean you think? With you in it or just, no, no, general, just taking I'm the, pictures? I'm the video, I'm the photography video guy. You are. And, and there are times when I'm like, oh, you know, just get the kids. But there's, probably more times that we're taking pictures with them, you know, because we get there. I mean, it kind of, maybe it's balanced. I don't well, know. I would, I definitely would not go where this lady's going, which is there's no picture, you know, cause she like thumbed through thousands of pictures and she couldn't find she herself couldn't find except for like four. And again, let's talk about how deep that is. Um, okay. I don't really know what that means. Well, just that you, you know, during that time, you're not in the picture. And I think, and she actually says this to, to some extent, I may be paraphrasing, but it's as if moms lose themselves yeah. during that time. They lose themselves in their children. They, they misplace themselves and they become the role that they have taken on instead of it being another role in their life and maintaining their, their, whatever hobbies they have or their partnership with their, you know, their spouse or, you know, maybe work that they enjoy. They lose themselves in the role. Didn't Eminem write a song about that? I think that was a different lose yourself, even though that was a good, that was the name of it too. It was good words in that song. Yes, I think a lot of people like that song. I know it. It's a it pumps you up. So um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but well, we I I cut you off when you were saying that. Well, my first question is: Do dads have this problem? I don't know. I think that moms are much more prevalent with a problem like this than dads. Well, I think dads care less about how they look. Is that safe to oh, say? Oh, for sure. So why is that? Are you guys self conscious? Um, I think it, that's too simple. Okay. Other thing to say. Make it more I simple. think that there or... are, we. well, let's talk about, you know, yesterday, yeah. you and I took pictures before we went to the theater. Yeah, we went to go see a play. Yes. And Thanks I for taking was, me to a play. You're welcome. It was good, wasn't it? It was really good. Yeah. And, and we recommend. The Bird of Youth. A Sweet Bird of Youth. That's what I meant. And it's um, at the Goodman Theater right now in Chicago, and Diane Lane is in it, which is why we went. Yeah, she's one of my faves. And so, yeah, it was good. It yeah. was really good. But anyway, we took a few pictures. And remember, I was like looking through them going, eh, Yeah, eh. You, but you do that a lot. I'm going to challenge I you. I know. Like, oh, that one's not very good. I fully embrace that. That okay, is completely so true. No denial there. No denial. But that doesn't mean that after I say those things that I don't have an awareness of, geez, be a little gentler on yourself, yeah, go Kathy. Easy. I know. Who cares? I know. I know. And I think that all um, we could we should take pictures of ourselves the first moment we wake up tomorrow morning and post them on Facebook just to prove to everybody we don't care. <laughs> well, you know what I will say is, as far as posting pictures, is I used to be. I think when Facebook came along or when I got involved in Facebook, I was so worried about putting up a picture that I felt was really good and mm-hmm. represented me. Mm-hmm. Represented me all the time and the thing is is that's not life 
You know what I mean? There's right. going to be, you can't control the pictures that people are going to put up there, first of all, which mm-hmm. is scary in itself. But sometimes you look this way and sometimes you're facing this way and sometimes you're wearing this color and you don't always look the same. Mm-hmm. And your perception of the way you look is not the same perception that everybody else has. And so I think that there's a self-esteem issue involved. Sure. And I also think it's that, again, we're trying to control and manage the way people see us. Right. And I don't think that's really, that's a waste of time. Right. Because when we go out in public, that's the way we look. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because I tend to go out with um, unkept hair. Yes. And I really have a, I'm not going to say a complete disregard of the way I look, but I think it's safe to say, and I think my friends who I used to go out and drink with would contend that I'm not the one who showers the most and I'm not the one who combs my hair the most and I have one friend who irons his jeans <laughs> and I'm not going to call him out because he'll get mad at me. He but probably learned that when he was kind very of a, young. What kind of a guy irons their jeans? Hey, I bet there's a few guys listening right now who iron their jeans. For any of you guys who iron your jeans, what's going on there? <laughs> I don't understand. They don't like wrinkles. Oh, gosh. Anyways, um, I don't know where I was going with this, but in the in the article, the lady said, you know... She looked back at some of her own pictures of when her mom, when she was a baby and her mom was whatever. Her age. Yeah. And like, it's the, it's the, you don't, the, it's the imperfections. Right. Which are the best parts of it. Exactly. Like, whatever, your hair was bad that day or you're a little overweight or you have a bad smile. Like, who cares? Or you don't even notice that, mm-hmm. I think is what her bigger point was. Right. Is I'm looking back at pictures of my mom. And I don't notice that her she had cellulite. I don't notice that she didn't have the perfect smile. I didn't notice that her hair was out of place. I just know my mom was mm-hmm. in the picture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for our kids is that sometimes, again, when we get caught up in this role of being a mom, we lose our sense of self. Mm-hmm. So in, in turn, we lose our, our sense of humor. Sometimes yeah. we lose our sense of fun. We lose our ability, again, to be perceived any differently. And one of the things that um, in presentations that I give that is like on my top 10 list of ways to be the healthy healthy parent is to, you know, you got to hear this statement, be you being a parent. Instead of be a parent and try and be what you think a parent is supposed to be, be yourself and then be a parent. And so you don't have to pretend to be something you're not. I And I went through phases of this for sure, um, where I would want the girls to go to bed or be away because then I could be myself. Right. And it's like, what's that all about? Right. How about be yourself while they're up? It's too energy draining to oh. be anybody other than yourself. And that's that's the piece. And that's kind of what plays into this. You know why I say that there's deeper levels to then just putting yourself in the picture is I think it's that piece of where we think we need to be selfless and that we need to not, um, that, you know, what we, what we feel isn't important or no, we don't need to be in the picture. Oh, it's just about the kids or it's just about you. And you've got to insert yourself in there. Right. And, and I mean that in the picture and literally insert you into your parenting. And we think that we need to be a different person the minute we become parents when actually the best gift that we can give to our kids is show them who we are. Exactly. In every way that we're that we're funny. They may not think we're funny. Right. Our girls sometimes think we're funny and sometimes they think we're not. 
Um, yeah, I would think that's safe to say. I think we're we're get, getting in the stage where we sometimes embarrass them more yes. than we used to. Things that they used to think were kind of funny now. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. Right. I mean, I'm never going to do it to embarrass them. I'm right. not going after embarrassing them. But I can't not be myself. Right. And I even say that to the girls sometimes. You know, well, you know, why do you do this? Or why are you going to do that? That's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's and, what and, I do. And deal with it. Yeah. And, and here's, you know, you can tell me why you're upset about it or if there's something that I can do to make you feel better i i will listen but i can't not be me mm-hmm. you know yeah i would just say deal with it <laughs> well why i'm saying why i'm buffering that comment is if your kids want if there's something that's going on with them you always want to hear what about showing them the ugly sides of you like or what me? give me an example um anger frustration meanness uh, drunkenness Let's, well that's well drunkenness is an extreme like yeah i mean because I, I wouldn't I don't know, and this is going to be an interesting topic because I don't know if I've ever been drunk in front of my kids. No. We've had glasses of wine sure. or a few beers, oh, yeah. right? On many, 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 many occasions. But, and I don't get drunk the way I used to, but I, like when JC was like three or four, I was still, I still thought I was 29. Well, you would go out and you right. would come home, and you and I, and we've talked about this on previous shows, would have issues the next day because you would be sick. Here's my story. Oh, okay. Um, we, I think I may have told the Jerry's barbecue story. Yeah, you've told this before, uh, but well, it's worth telling again. Bottom line is, uh, we had a barbecue at four in the afternoon, and I drank so much the night before that um, we went to barbecue at four in the afternoon. We were on our way out, and I asked you to pull over so I can go throw up. And JC, who was like two at the time, said, why is dad... I couldn't even make it into the gas yeah, station. it was bad. It was behind a dumpster, and I asked myself, you know, what are you doing? What am I doing? Like... Get with the program a little bit here. So not that I haven't been hungover since then, but I could probably count on one hand. Well, it's even different. You know, like it's just, it's one of those good things that comes from being a parent. Like you have nights where you go out and you have a good time and you have drinks and it's great. But then you have, it's not, you know, we used to have to create that line. Mm -hmm. Like, where do I stop? Now the line is already created because it's like, I have to, you know, Mm -hmm. go to bed at Mm -hmm. a certain time. Mm -hmm. I have to feel okay tomorrow because if I don't, then it's going to be a miserable day. And so the only time that I can really go crazy and let loose is when I go away with my girlfriends. You know how I feel like I know that I've gotten older and maybe you could say this more mature because it truly is not worth it anymore to do it. But from the time I went to college to the time I got married, it was always worth it. Like you just deal with the next day of being tired and being sick. But now it truly is not worth it. You know what? I think some of that was so normalized for us. That that's how we lived our lives for so long, you know, being in college and then living in the city, mm-hmm. that you didn't really question what you were doing. Right. And then sometimes you needed something like work yeah. or, you know, having children or, you know, having responsibility to other people to make you go, why am I doing this? And then you kind of hit yourself on the head and say, what have I been doing? Yeah. Not not guilt yourself, but start to make that shift. And that's called growing up. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you still don't go out and have fun and it doesn't mean that you don't maybe have a weekend here or there where you you know you kind of act like you're in college but you can't do that every weekend anymore or uh, let me just speak for myself i I can't can't, right i can't do that every weekend um i want to get back to the huffington post thing real quick um one thing that you mentioned when we were getting ready for the show is that one of your friends talked about the christmas cards that we send out thank you so much for remembering that conversation because one of my really good friends who lives in the city who is single she was saying to me, I love getting Christmas cards from my friends, 
but it bums me out when it's just the kids. Right. Because she's like, I love their kids and I, you know, think they're beautiful, but I miss seeing my friends. I want to see pictures of my friends that I haven't seen. And that's always rang in my ears. And you and I usually send out a Christmas card that has you and I on it Mm -hmm. um, because I like that. I like a family picture. But it just for those of you who send out a million pictures of your kids, it's awesome. Like people do love to see your kids. It's not that that is bad. But it's nice to throw a picture of yourself in there, too, because the people you're sending it to are your friends. They don't really know your kids. They want to see your kids grow up. But, you know, when you put 10 pictures of the same children on a card, it doesn't it means something to us as parents. But, you know, and to the family, but to the people that you're reaching out to from high school or college, they'd really like to see you. So I just I, you know, my friend who said that, I appreciate that because I've always remembered it. No, and I think she's right. And it it goes to the point that we've been talking about is if you're sending a card out and it's just your kids every single year, you're in a weird way. I mean, you may not be intentionally saying this, but it can be received as this is who we are. Exactly. We are our children. We are our children. The only thing that we're going to show you is our children. And let me go deep for a second. Okay. Fast forward that 20 years. Yes. If all you are is a parent. Yeah. And you are no longer a husband or an individual doing your own thing, right. wanting to grow, having your own desires and needs and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden your kids go away. They yeah. go to college. Who are you? And I've heard so many stories of, you know, what appear to be happily married 50 some odd year olds, but then their kids go to college and they don't know how to be together without their right. kids. Right. So be together now. Your kids are there, but don't make it define you. And take a step further back. Be you be here now. You, not just in partnership or as a parent. You be here doing what you like to do now. There's no time like now because there is no time but now. Is, does that sound too crazy to say? When you say, well, I'll do that later or I will, um, I'm not going to worry about that till the kids are out of the house or once the kids are in college, I'll do this or once my baby can walk, I'll do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. You start to lose those pieces of yourself. Keep those at as many as you can. I know we've got to let go of some things right. because, you know, we don't have all the time we used to have. But keep part of you, at least part of you, intact. Mm-hmm. So then that's what you have to share in your partnership and that's what you have to share with your children. I think we get that backwards when we become in a partnership and when we become parents. We let go of things rather than keeping ourselves intact. Well, we've talked about this uh, in previous shows, but I think it bears, it's worth repeating. Okay. What are those things that, who were you before babies came along? Yeah. Did you like to listen to music? Did you like to get, like, we have a neighbor, Mark, who we love. He goes to Great America like seven times a summer. By himself. Sometimes with his kids and sometimes by himself. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Go to Great America. Because you know what happens? He gets excited about it. He looks forward to it. It's his time. He comes home. He has something to share with his children about what he did. And even if they didn't care, he feels good. Right. And that's the thing. Great America is like a Six Flags. It's an amusement park. So not everybody knows what Great America uh, is. Yeah, it's in the Chicago area. And another thing, I just posted the other day on my Self-Aware Parent uh, Facebook page a quote from a book called Gift from the Sea um, that I've always loved. And basically, she says, it was written a long time ago, but she said something that I think is still true today. If women, and she's talking to women, but men too, understood and knew how important time alone was, Mm -hmm. they would make sure they had it. What everybody says to me, especially moms, is I don't have time. I can't carve out time. I can't make time. I know you're busy. I've been there. I do it, you know, and I know that some days it's difficult and you can't, but it can be a priority in a week. Mm -hmm. You can take five minutes for yourself. You are choosing not to. Mm -hmm. You are putting other things ahead. And so I'm, you know, 
I'm saying that very matter-of-factly because if we knew how important it was to stay intact, then we would make that a priority. Well, you seem to be somebody who always wants to take, you know, 20 minutes of alone time a day, and most of the days you could do it, and you might call it meditating or just sitting in quiet. My question is, I don't know Mark well enough to know if he meditates or not, but is his form of meditation going to Great America? Absolutely. It doesn't matter how it looks. Right. You know, that's the thing is, I don't know. That might be for him or that might not be. For some people, it's driving in the car alone. For some people, it's sitting alone, um, you know, eating lunch by themselves. Going, for to, some, a, going to a concert. Going to a concert. Like your uh, your cousin, um, Gene's. Uh, Bob yeah, yeah, he still goes to shows by All himself. All the time, by himself. And he's got grown sons. Yeah. And he's like, no, I love music. I'm going. Right. And, and again, as you always say, to balance that, no, it doesn't mean you put all of your needs ahead of your family's balance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when you, instead of doing things that aren't necessary, right. and I'm try- and I want to make this more clear, um, sometimes we end up doing sitting on Facebook for an hour. Yeah. Why not go and sit in quiet for a little bit? Why not go take a walk? Sit under a tree. Sit under a tree. Go, um, and even, you know, sometimes what a meditation for me is, what? is calling a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. Yeah. I don't really like to talk on the phone that much, mm-hmm. but there are certain people that I want to maintain that contact with. Right. And so that to me is important me time. You and I don't like to talk on the phone at all. Well, I just, it's just, sometimes it's bad, 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 bad. Yeah, it's brutal. I don't like talking to you when I'm on the road. Really? No, I mean, I'll check in, but... It's Oh, I know what you mean. Like, we don't want to go through our whole no, day and stuff. Yeah. No. I like hearing your voice, though. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to at least Check in, say right, hello. Right. I love you. All that good stuff. But but going through our whole day, I totally agree. It's brutal. Right. I, I'm in agreement. I'll save it until... Now, if I was gone five days a week every week, that'd be something different. But it's a few days here, a few days there. We'd have to make time for it. Um, I want to talk about one other thing about pictures, and then I think we should move on. Okay. But before we even talk about pictures, let's talk about our second partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Yep. Elmhurst, Illinois, they are awesome chiropractors. They keep our families intact. Yes, they keep us um, healthy. My kid's immune system. I'm not saying they never get sick. I'm just saying they bounce back fast. And uh, you're getting a massage tomorrow, and I'm trying to get a massage tomorrow. I'm hoping I get in there, too. And I offer to give you my massage, and you wouldn't wouldn't take it. Well, I don't want to take your massage. You can have it. Um, Chirotree.com, 630-941. 8733. Check them out. Okay, so should we? You said you wanted to say one more pictures thing. Pictures in the house. Okay. There are certain families that we've noticed that all the pictures in the house are just of their kids. Yeah. Now, I would say the majority of most of the households we know is it's mostly kids, but there needs to be a balance of, hey, what about the adults? You live there. Right. Put yourself in some pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's another test for all the listeners out there look on your walls. I'm looking. Let's see. I'm looking. We, well, we kind of have a lot of barren, <laughs> barren walls. I know. And do you see house. that picture's cracked over there? I think Skyler dropped that the other day. Oh, yeah, there's some. Um, but yeah, there's us and there's my family. So we from, do pretty good. We do okay. But see, I'm very, I'm aware of that. Like I know that one thing that I like about homes is to see their experiences. Right. That's something I always grew up wanting in my house. Like right. I always wanted to have pictures. I don't just want to see perfect pictures of children. Right. I want to see life. Mm -hmm. And now that's me. You may like something different. You may have a different theme in your house. You don't have to do what Kathy and Todd do, but I like pictures that aren't always that 
perfect. perfect you because know, that's not real. Well, especially if it was a funny memory. I want like you. I have in our house. I have a picture of you and I on our first date, mm-hmm. which is funny. Someone's flipping us off in, the, in behind us. You gotta which love cracks it. You gotta post that one. Too. I, I know. Um, I have a picture of you and I when we got back together when we were about twenty-seven. Okay. I have a picture of you and I when you came to visit me in DeKalb. So it's a little timeline. And exactly, and a picture of when we got engaged. Like I have these, and they're not all great pictures. And then there's that wedding picture where both of us. What's with the photographers at your wedding day? And they have you look not at the camera. <laughs> like we're both looking like four feet to the right of the camera. Totally. I'm sure that that's just the dumbest thing ever. Well, it kind of gives you a sense of that they're capturing a moment. Like I like candid pictures, but that is a, a staged, candid. staged, candid picture. Yeah, Brutal. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But we still have it on our wall because it was our wedding. So anyway, I just like to capture moments rather than when we look perfect. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right. Because we rarely look perfect. I don't think I've ever looked perfect. <laughs> you look perfect right now. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. So here we go. So we have awesome listeners who's, who every now and again, they'll write in and say, hey, I love your show, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, if there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know. Mm-hmm. So we got this awesome guy named Craig. I never heard of him before last week. But he wanted, as long as we're talking about pictures, he talked about... Um, public outing of children brought another sensitive area for me. What do you guys think about parents posting cute pictures or stories of their kids on the Facebook page? I think it's all about, you know, intention. And I post pictures of my kids on Facebook, not all the time, but every, you know, every once in a while, you know, going back to school, that kind of thing. I feel fine about it. Um, I don't think there's anything I'm putting out there that is somehow going to hurt them in Mm -hmm. the long run. I'm not posting naked pictures of Mm -hmm. them or anything that would embarrass them. Mm -hmm. I think that as they get older, they're starting to dictate dictate or at least share what they would like me to do and not do. And right. I listen, right. meaning it, it has changed my writing a bit because there are some things I'll write about and some things I won't. Um, it's their stories. Right. And if they're cool with it, fine. Um, but there are some things that that's their business. And we haven't gotten to that point because our oldest is nine. But maybe when our oldest is 13, she'd be like, hey, take that picture of me, whatever, learning how to ride a bike down right. or something. I don't know. And if she does, we'll talk about it. You know, right. but if I, like my, my first two books are all about these stories of how my kids taught me things. And now I've really, um, even though I still write about them and I mention them, it's it's never in a, can you believe these kids, they're difficult way. It's here's what they showed me. Here's what they've taught me because I, it's not as their parent, I don't want to slam them. Right. Put it, I want to support them. So, um, and again, if they say, just don't write about me at all, I'm going to have to make a decision then. But so far, they're okay with it. And we, whenever there's anything sensitive, we usually kind of generalize it yeah. a little bit anyway. So yeah. that's kind of our way of getting around it. So going back to pictures, I think that, you know, I don't, it's different for everybody, you I know? I think if it's something embarrassing towards them then you should probably think twice but if it's just nothing but a nice picture who cares because i think we have to remember that this is kind of the way of the world now it's not like we're the only ones putting out pictures and oh my gosh everyone's going to focus in on our kids the way of the world now is the internet and facebook and social networking and that's how we connect and so there is some loosening that fear a little bit where if you're putting out pictures just to show your family how your kids are growing there's something beautiful about that and i would hate to not do that out of fear i don't like to work in fear fear yeah So um, our buddy Craig had one other question, which lends itself to a much bigger topic, but I think it's worth at least touching on today. Uh, He talks about preschool or not to preschool, and more specifically about the social scholastic pros and cons of it. So it's not a daycare discussion. It's more of, do you think preschool is something that's good or bad? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy to answer, but you... My take is um, there's a lot of crazy preschools out there Mm -hmm. that 
are trying to get their three and four year olds to read words. Yeah. And I was going to say there's nothing wrong with it, but actually I think there kind of is. Mm-hmm. I think preschool is a time where kids learn how to play and to mm-hmm. be social and they have the rest of their life to figure out the difference between a B and a D in yeah. the alphabet. If you want to do that, you know, I, cause even with JC, I remember going through flashcards when she was three or four because I thought, well, if I can get her ahead for, for <laughs> kindergarten, then she'll right. be ahead. And then, and then if I can get her ahead for first grade and it's like the cycle yeah. and you're always trying to get ahead. Right. Now I'm kind of like, whatever. Right. If Well, you trust her. I trust she'll, her. She'll and move along at her own if pace. If she struggles, she struggles and we help her. But right. I'm not, eventually the kid's brain, book, intellect will just show up. Exactly. Regardless of how many flashcards I show to them. Well, and it's silly because it's just like walking. You can't force a child to walk. You right. can't be like, get up and walk. You can make them practice and everything. But really, I feel like that's harmful. Right. you got to trust that they're doing it at their own pace. And if there are things in the school where they have to be up to a certain level, sure, you can give them some support or tutoring. Like, you know, there there were times with our kids where we had to give them a little extra support here and there. But it wasn't because we were fearful they were getting behind. It's because, you know... We wanted to make sure that what the school needed right. from them at the very basic level, that we were supporting the school in that. Right. It wasn't It wasn't so they were the best and the smartest in the class. Um, I think that my... Before po- you move on, oh. um, I want to keep on talking about this, but we have to talk about our last partner and then close out the live version of the show. Oh, gosh, we're there already. Just like that. So our last partner is... Um, Avid Company, they do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Give them a call. They're awesome. They have a fall special going on. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what the fall special is. but Just tell them it's the Zen Parenting Fall Zen Special. Zen Parenting Fall Special, and they will treat you really well. Yes, Painting always. and remodeling throughout Chicago. 630-956-1800. I want to uh, continue this discussion regarding preschools and then even talk about um, traveling with your one-year-old yes. on airplanes. Yeah. So. Um, the live portion of the show is going to end in the next few seconds. Hang on if you're uh, listening to this via podcast or downloading or whatever. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Adios. And here we are. Okay. So finishing my thought. Okay. Finish Can I finish thought. my thought? Sure. And then I'll talk. So finishing my thought about preschool, I think that preschool can be a great thing. I think it's a great way to socialize, like for your kids to be with kids their age. You know, especially I remember like my first two, I definitely wanted to do it. But with Skylar especially, because she was so used to being with people and she really wanted to be with people. And so, you know, preschool was a great outing for her. She enjoyed going. She still does. Um, I also agree with you that I think if the focus is on play and of course learning through play, I mean, there's nothing wrong with learning while you're there, but I, the preschool we chose is a play-based preschool for that reason. We'll give them a shout out. Bethel Um, Learning Learning Center Center. in uh, Elmhurst. And we uh, sent them, sent our kids to there exactly why you're saying, because it was play-based and not hey, you guys got to learn the alphabet when you're three or right. four years old. It was not the focus on we're going to raise the academics or the uh, you know the, the brains of these children because I believe that that will happen with time and I don't need for that to happen when my child's four. I just, what I want for my children is for them to enjoy learning, for mm-hmm. them to be curious and for them to realize that learning is fun. Right. And if you get too focused on sheets and tracing and letters too early they lose they can lose that love of learning really early right so and then once the you know now our kids are in the public school and i don't really have a hand in that obviously it's not play-based right 
Um, but we try our best. Yeah, and, because the minute they got to kindergarten, there yeah. wasn't a single toy Mm-mm. in their kindergarten class, Mm-mm. which I thought was crazy because when I was there, there was toys everywhere, I and know. it was awesome. I know. And now, and it's not. We, there's no one to blame as far as no, teachers I'm and everything. Somebody. Well, there's a higher, higher. Um, System. There's a hierarchy to yeah. blame where that this is getting trickled down, but the teachers can only do what they're no, being told to do. They have no choice. That, you know, here's the curriculum. Here's the uh, what you have to meet. Here's the test scores. And it's very heavy for teachers. I, I feel um, Hard, empathetic it, yeah. for them. Especially for the old school ones who yes. remembered what it used to be like yes. Yes. back when kindergarten was awesome. So anyway, that's my preschool thing. Um, but the preschool, as far one more thing, I've never we've never sent our kids to Montessori, but we would have been open oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Montessori, we, that was our kind of our backup plan right Mm -hmm. and i don't even know what that is i just know that everybody who does it loves it well it's a lot of hands-on learning and i loved they uh, oftentimes um overlap ages Mm -hmm. so you're in a classroom with three four Mm -hmm. you know five-year-olds or two three whatever right and you're doing a lot of like staying focused on a project and you can do it as long as you want and then you move around from project to project or you know area to area very open in as far as enjoy learning curiosity um, you know, the whole concept of Montessori really speaks to me. And, you know, if we if we hadn't found Bethel and mm-hmm. loved that as much, I would have definitely gone Montessori. So can you go to a grade school Montessori? Oh, sure. Sure. So then when these kids get tested to get into high school, you just better hope that they well, have it figured out. And I think that's the struggle. And I, you know, obviously that's not an issue for us, but I think that there are, you know, when you're testing um, kids who have gone through a public school and they have a certain curriculum, you know exactly what to test. They have to meet these needs. Right. Um, when you're testing kids who have gone to Montessori, they may have opened and stimulated part of their brains that are completely different, that are untestable Mm -hmm. because it's about their ability to think out of the box and be open-minded and be creative. So I wonder if there's studies and I wonder if um, Montessori kids end up having more success than us systematized kids. Interesting. One of my kids at Dominican, um, where my college kids, she did a presentation on kids who graduated from Montessori Hmm. and where they are now. And one of them was um, Bill, what's his name? Gates. Gates. And one of them, gosh, I wish I had it in front of me. She had three people who are um, out of the box, Mm -hmm. creative, um, not attached to everybody else's way of doing things, um, and follow their own heart. That's the other part of Montessori is, you know, listen, what is interesting to you? What do you enjoy doing? And again, nothing is perfect. Like I'm, would a child going through Montessori their whole life be able to make it? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to hear from people well, who I'm have. Well, I'm sure there's, there's stories of struggle and there's stories right. of success, That's just the like there is with every other That's system. the thing. There is no way one person can say, well, my experience was this, so it's this. Mm-hmm. But someone else can counter that. I just know that the philosophy, all I can say is it feels good. Yeah. And again, our kids go to public school, right. so it's not as if we are doing that, but I try and balance that right. at home. Yeah. My kids go to school. They do their, their work, and they have fantastic teachers, by the way. We're yeah. very lucky to mm-hmm. be in the school district we are. Um, but then when they come home, there's not a lot of structured stuff like that. Right. They do what they want to do. They're interested in what they want to be interested in. And we give them that freedom. Right. Um, I got I got distracted because we're taping and there's a UPS guy that's about to ring our doorbell. Uh-oh. But well, that's okay. Yeah. This is the last part of the show. So, Or maybe he's not. He just drove away. Oh, maybe he knows we're taping. Um, I want to talk about Traveling? Sonia. She's our friend. Oh, yes, the traveling. She's, she wants to do a uh, show about traveling with the kids. So it's kind of, we're sticking at the end of the show. Hopefully Sonia won't get mad at us. But here's my deal. Oh, no. He, no, he's leaving. Oh, good. Okay. Um, traveling with one-year-olds. I yes. posted something on our Facebook page, and a lot of the women have plenty of good suggestions. Yes. Um, first of all, I think the biggest 
anxiety-provoking situation that I've ever experienced is getting the kids through security. Yes. It's a nightmare. Yes. Because you're so um, caught up in disrupting the person behind you. And you have a stroller that you have to break down. Nobody understands the strollers. I know. I remember trying to push JC through the, the... thing that you walk through and it's better to go through it first yes. and then they chase you after and that's and exactly like you walk through or they want the kids to walk through first and they won't go mm-hmm. because they want to go to you right but it's just it's yes i would say that's my so least here's favorite my, part too the best the biggest part um just the whole airport experience for sonia is get there so early that you plan to have a meal there yeah because one because they're fed and they already drank their water and their juice and they already went to the bathroom. They can so, run around. So get there ridiculously early, mm-hmm. like two hours early or two mm-hmm. and a half hours early and just decide that they're going to eat at the airport. Mm-hmm. That way everybody has a full tank getting onto the airplane. Mm-hmm. That's, and that you're, that's beautiful. Thank you. And that they're not rushing and that you can, they get a chance after being in the car or whatever to walk around and to kind of have some space and they can get excited to get See, on the See, my plane. problem with that is I hate leaving. If my flight's at noon, I, it's embarrassing to me to leave at nine in the morning. But you know what? For the sake of the kids that's what i do yeah i mean exactly if you're by yourself then all you have to worry about is yourself yeah, it's... i used to leave at like 10 40 to get on a 12 o'clock flight well and it's just so funny because what where was i just traveling by myself where did i go where did um, i fly to denver but that was the summer i just flew somewhere else i was just in the airport oh, you we were at um for my convention that's it i knew it i when i met you in nashville and it is just such a pleasure to travel now that I've traveled with three kids for so long mm. to go into the airport by myself I just smile to myself because I check my bag I have my purse mm-hmm. I can go eat it's just crazy but actually we're not helping Sonia by talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, well I remember when JC was one and me and my dad drove the car from Florida so you were yes, traveling with JC right. alone and we were first time parents and we freaked out about it like I didn't know if you could make it right and that well, seems so silly now it does and here's what I'll say and at that time that was just one child on my lap and it you know some people travel with three kids or four kids alone so that was nothing but here's what I'll say and these are a little Kathy-ish things so these may not speak to you completely but before I that morning before I even go anywhere I do a visualization for myself that I'm sitting next to kind people Mm -hmm. I just put it out there in the universe that I know I'm going to sit next to kind people and if you don't know if you've never done a visualization you just close your eyes and you visualize yourself sitting next to people who are really kind and um once you get there, you are, and a few people posted this on Facebook, but you say, you talk about the elephant in the room. I'm going to be here with my child and you know, I'll do my best. Do my best yeah. And let me know if there's any way that I can make things easier for you. And usually when you do that, they're like, oh, no problem. I yeah. have three kids. Let me, how can I help you? Like that time I traveled by myself with JC, the woman next to me was so awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's not like she took a ton of time out. She read her book most of the time, but if JC would drop something, she'd pick it up for mm-hmm. me. She would... And people want to help. I think the only time that people get really angry is when you don't, um, what's the word? You don't take responsibility for what's happening. You pretend or you get annoyed at them for not being understanding. And there's a balance. There's... I am aware my child is crying, and I know this is difficult for everybody, um, but you don't need to get mad at them for being annoyed. Right. Do you know what I mean? Conserve your energy where, like sometimes when um, Skylar's ears always get stuck. They, She says they get stuck, but mm-hmm. they pop. And I'll be holding her, and she'll be crying, and people will look over, and I'll look, and I'll smile mm-hmm. at them. Like, I know this is tough. It's tough for me, too, and they usually smile back. Right. I think we just have to 
be loving about what's going on. And every once in a while, you run into a jerky person and you let them be jerky. And that's their problem. That's their problem. And and like you said, there's if most people who have had kids know that it's a pain in the butt. Yes, they understand. And they have sympathy or empathy. I don't understand the difference between those two words. Um, they have sympathy to your situation. And they will um, help you break down your stroller. Mm-hmm. Like, people will help, especially if they know you're doing everything you can. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling like a victim and if you're feeling that everybody else is making your life difficult, mm-hmm. then they pick up on that vibe. Just do your best. And, you know, like Tad said, I love what you said. Be rested. Be there so get you there. have plenty of time. Yeah, get there early. Take responsibility for your peace. And then all you have to ask other people to do is just trust you and... Can, I, can I tell you a college story that sure. you've heard? Yes. I was coming back for because uh, it's Easter Sunday, so I flew from Des Moines to Chicago, and lo and behold, I was hungover. Oh, it was a shocker. And I almost missed a flight because I woke up so late, and I had to get my friend Mike Stanfeld to drive and break the speed limit to get me to Des Moines Airport, which is like five minutes away. Another from... shocker. And I was feeling like I was going to vomit, and I felt horrible. And there's this little three-year-old boy just kind of staring at me the whole time. <laughs> On the flight, you On mean? On the flight. Okay. Like, he was in front of me looking back and just staring and gawking. Aww. And about halfway through, he just looked at me, like, between the two seats. He just looked at me and goes, don't feel so good, huh? <laughs> And I said, no, I don't feel very well. And that was nice. And I'll always remember that that moment in time. Little sweetie pie. You know and what? And I didn't say anything. I didn't say, hey, listen, dude, I'm sick. He, he saw knows. that I was white as a ghost. He can see it in your eyes. And he has been there, <laughs> man. He may not have been hung over before, but right. he's been throwy. Yeah, up. yeah. He, he's felt yucky. He was he was there to help. You say that people are kind. That was a sympathetic three-year-old. It was. It was like nobody else would acknowledge you. But this kid is like, man, I see you. And That's I right. love you anyway. Yeah. So just give, you know... Um, as we always try and say, probably a, a Zen parenting theme that we try and have, trust people and know that people really do want to do the good thing, uh, the right thing or a kind thing. And when you're traveling, just look, view people that way. Like I actually uh, saw something on Facebook the other day. A friend of mine actually always approaches new people with a positive mm. or a plus sign, meaning she assumes they're fantastic. Instead of going in and saying, I want to see what's wrong yeah. with this person or I'm, this person's going to disappoint Instead me. Instead of being skeptical. Instead of being skeptical, assume that people are going to treat you well and you will notice that you treat them well because of it. And then it's a cycle. Yeah. So that's probably our best advice we could give. Tournament of bad. Uh-oh. Two quick entries. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know what tournament of bad is, it's just something I like to complain about. Anything in my life. <laughs> so the first one is, in this town that we live in, Elmhurst, Illinois, um, and I don't know if it's like this, but when I was little, whenever any houses would get teepeed, yeah. have I talked about this on well, the show? I have too. In DeKalb, where I grew up, teepeeing a house was not good. Not good. It was a negative. It was a negative. It was some mean person was going to teepee your house. Right. Now, the kids tp their house their friends houses. Well, or they do it before a sporting yeah, event. Yeah, like homecoming, everybody gets their houses teepeed, and it's like fun and funny. But it's a pain in the butt. I don't get it, but... I don't even... I don't get it. Well, Skyler calls them toilet paper houses. She's like, there's a toilet paper house. But where did we go from it being a bad thing to it being a good thing? I don't know. It's jumped somewhere along the way, along 88. So my second thing is very simple. Marshmallows. They are so overrated. They are so good. They are so overrated. I so disagree. They look good. They're soft. 
they're chewy, but they don't taste that good. Marshmallow, one of my favorite Ben and Jerry's is s'mores, and it's toasted marshmallows with chocolate and caramel, and it's so good, and you don't understand. Um, No, they're not good, and you don't understand. What about the marshmallows that are dipped in chocolate from Rocky Mountain chocolate? The only good marshmallows are the little ones you put in hot chocolate, and even those, you don't really taste Well, if you're putting them in hot chocolate, you obviously like them, so you're just... They're okay, but they should taste better than they do. What about Peeps? Peeps are horrible. Peeps are so good. Peeps are terrible. Peeps are that little yellow bunny rabbit. Yes. Oh no. Now they have them for every season. Ugh. They have chocolate. They have or not chocolate. They have like Christmas peeps and uh, leprechaun peeps and you know their peeps are sticking around. Peeps are here to stay. Peeps are here to stay, <laughs> but they're bad. Okay. Um, and then I feel like I want to talk about one other tournament, a bad thing, but I think I'll save it till okay. next week because we're All already right. 43 minutes in. All right. We've already allowed, or had enough out so there. So promotion. You have two books. Okay. Self-Aware Parent and The Self-Aware Parent 2. And um, you can find them on my website, kathycadams.com or at amazon.com. And that's... Two for 20 bucks. Two for 20 bucks. Yeah. Get them both and give them as gifts. Yeah. Give them as a fall fall present yeah just it here it's an autumn gift for my a halloween friend. present there you go give them out uh, to all the kids to give to their parents even though they're not scary buy 200 of them yeah um and then you're on wgn for a half hour this week i am i'm on wgn this weekend we're gonna talk for 30 minutes and i think we're gonna talk about last week we talked about public humiliation on wgn but it was a short amount of time because the wildcats were coming i on. thought you were gonna say public urination no public humiliation so i think we should i got a ticket for public urination at university really? illinois champagne mm, that's great it was 15 dollars. you shared a lot of college stories today i did yeah you're showing sides of yourself yeah it's my drunken stupor yeah side. the old the old todd the old miss Timmy. The old man. Um, but anyway, we're going to maybe continue that conversation about shame and, and why if we teach respect, then we'll get respect back from our children rather mm-hmm. than shame them and expect them to feel good about themselves. So right. um, so WGN 720, 10, starting at 10 a.m. next Saturday. Nice. And then last but not least, just do your best to spread the word about Zen Parenting Radio. We appreciate all the loyal listeners over the last... 18 or 20 months however long we've been doing this thank you very much for being a part of our lives yes your lives both everybody we're connected we're all one we are one Um, that's it that's all I got have a good week adios adios